Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Daydon Tolbert. It's good to be back live tonight. Uh, this is a show, obviously, that we've been talking about for, at this point, I want to say almost a year now. You know, we've been talking about, um, you know, just on a daily basis, we talk about the various attacks and, uh, you know, tricks and uh, things of that nature that the devil will try to throw our way. And so what we want to do tonight is we want to talk about, one, how to identify attacks of the enemy, uh, but also how to overcome attacks of the enemy and and um, go ahead and, and continue along our walk with God. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to talk about uh, Satan. We're going to talk about Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, the devil, the enemy. Um, we're going to talk about ways to identify attacks and lies in our everyday life. So we're going to spend a lot of time in the Bible, in the Word, but we're also going to talk about dating. We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about temptation and uh you know how it you know we're going to keep it real we're going to keep it honest because you know the devil is not some you know you know mysterious being that none of us have ever experienced in our everyday lives it's not just something that the pastor preaches about on sunday morning it's someone who is who is present in 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 many cases often right in our ear telling us to do this or to do that or you can't do this or you can't do that or you'll never have this or you'll never have that so we want to talk about some of those lies and um you know, get into them, you know, get into ways to overcome them and, and, and uh, you know, see the truth. Because obviously you all know that the devil is a liar. And that's not just a cliche, but it's, we're going to find out tonight just how real that expression is. So uh, as always, you guys are welcome to uh, call in with any uh, comments or questions or testimonies or feedback or whatever you have to 646-200-0366. Make sure you hit the number one on your keypad, uh, and that's what we'll do. Courtney is here tonight with me. Courtney, how are you this evening? I'm good. What's going on? You know, you know, I'm hype about tonight's show. This is a I show you, you and I have been talking about for, I mean, for a minute now. Are yeah, you excited it's, been, about it's been a while. Yeah, I am. All right, cool, cool. That's what we're going to do, man. So um, get your Bibles out. You know what I mean, people? Get them out. This is this is one of those things where this isn't just entertainment. You know, this actually, it's funny, I was telling somebody today uh, through private counseling, I mean, what, the great thing, you guys know, when you're trying to live right, when you're trying to get closer to God, you know, you're going to have to, you're obviously going to pray, you're going to read your Bible, you're going to go to church, but you're also going to really need to have some some real time. I'm talking about quality time with God quality time, fellowshipping, you know, with, with Christian individuals, ministry, things like that. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, in my opinion, and and from what I've heard from many other people, that this show, obviously because it's from a biblical perspective and it's shared, you know, and, and, and uh, intended for so many just like-minded individuals, people who are striving to get closer to God, this show really does, you know, uh, fill you know, a lot of those prerequisites, if you will. You know, it, it, it it's definitely that opportunity to fellowship and to have that, that time with God and to, you know, just understand the word and uh, and how it relates in, in your uh, in your everyday lives. So um, I'm definitely excited about uh, this evening's show and happy to have you guys here. We actually had a several um, classic shows over the last few weeks. Most recently, we were live on, what's today, Thursday, so Barbershop Talk Tuesdays, where we talked a lot about game playing. 
understand, guys, we really kept it honest. We kept it real about games and dating, games and relationships, uh, how to identify it. Um, the effects of it if you are a game player. Courtney, any thoughts on that particular show, any feedback that you got before we jump into tonight's topic? Yeah, you know, it, it was it was an awesome show. It was a great show when people were telling me, you know, they really enjoyed it. Everybody enjoys that toilet story. <laughs> but um, it, it was just good just to hear, um, you know, you all's perspective on game playing, and um, it was just great. Yeah, so I'm telling y'all, if you missed that show, you definitely. I mean, I'm telling you, you don't you don't want to miss any any episodes of the show just because every night is something good. Um, we also spent a little bit of time talking about some guys asked me to uh, touch on uh, the trial. We spent a good do- uh, amount of time on Tuesday talking about the the George Zimmerman trial and just my thoughts on it. You know, you guys know I've you know spoken about it in the past around the time when everything. Happened. Uh, we haven't really spoken about it, you know, really all, probably about a year, but we spent a good amount of time talking about it on Tuesday. So definitely check out that if you want to just hear our views on the case and just the, the situation as a whole. One thing I'll say today a lot of people, you know, the talk of the town, the talk of Twitter and the Facebook and just the media is uh, the young woman who uh, is the friend initially reported as the girlfriend of uh, Tray- Trayvon. And, uh, you know, she, they're giving her a hard time. And this is what I'll say about it. You, you guys know I speak my mind. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have a tendency to bite my tongue. Um, the young woman has a serious problem, okay? I mean, I'm talking about a serious problem. I mean, and yes, she experienced a, a traumatic ordeal. Yes, it's an unfortunate situation. You know, nobody would want to ideally be in. But, you know, it is what it is. You're there for a purpose. The goal is for them to send George Zimmerman to jail. It's been made clear to everyone, and hopefully and should have been made clear to her, that she is, whether she likes it or not, their star witness. The case basically revolves around her. There were no eyewitnesses, okay? She is as close to... An eyewitness as there is Other than, you know, George Zimmerman So I think that One, there's an issue because she's clearly And has even admitted to not Taking the case seriously not to, Or I should say, not taking her role in the case Seriously, has been caught in Numerous lies uh, Throughout the course of not just the trial I don't know if you, I've been watching the whole The whole week, um, almost non-stop So I'm very familiar with her testimony And what was said and what wasn't But she's been lying since I mean, going all the way back to when the, they initially took her statement, when they did the deposition, like she's been blatantly lying, you know what I mean? Like about her whereabouts, about what actually happened, about what was said. Her story has changed. So I don't know if people realize that this case as a whole really does hinge upon, you know, showing that there is no reasonable doubt about what happened that night, you know? And so... I don't know if her attitude, I mean, I'm not sure what she thinks, but her attitude and her lies are not doing anything. In fact, it's actually hurting the prosecution prosecution's chances chances of being able to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that this did not happen the way George Zimmerman claims it happened. So I just want to, you know, 
when he's found not guilty, I mean, I don't want to hear the riots. I mean, this is a, still a legal matter. It's an emotional matter, but still a legal matter. So I just hopefully you guys have been watching it. I told you guys I would touch on it again just tonight in regards to her and what we are seeing. Now, do I agree with all of the, you know, the the insults towards her? No. I mean, that's you know, let's just, you know, let's keep it professional. Let's not get into the the name calling. Oh, she looks like a girl. I mean, that's, you know, that's petty. That's immature. Let's really just talk about the facts, you know, as we see them online, just the way we would do any other case. So, that those are my views. Courtney, any thoughts on that? I know you, you know, work and stuff. Any uh thoughts or feedback on just what we've seen from the trial so far? Well, yeah. I I mean, I caught uh the recap of it last night. I was watching it. Um, and it's, it's very unfortunate. Like, I wasn't expecting that. Like, what am I talking about? I'm talking about, you know, her, her, you know, testimony on what happened. I wasn't expecting the attitude. Like, I didn't think it was going to go like that for some reason. But, um, it, it's really unfortunate. And it, it was just like, wow, that was like the worst, one of the worst attitudes I've ever seen, and it's and you're right. It is going to rule in Zimmerman's favor, not only because of you know her lies and just you know the attitude not being prepared, but you know the other people they brought to the stand that you know at the end of the day they weren't even so sure what really happened. They went from saying, "Oh yeah, you know Zimmerman was overpowering him and then all this," and then at the end of the day they were like, "Well, we're not so sure." So everything that's going on. Is is ruling in his favor? It's it's that's just how it's going to happen. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. You know, I agree with you 100. percent You know, um, you know, me personally, I was actually going to be a lawyer as a child. Like that's what I wanted to do. That's you know what I aspired to be. So I've always it didn't happen, obviously, but that's something I've always been passionate about. Just as the legal system and understanding law, a lot of these criminal shows and and and, and law shows, lawyer shows are like some of my favorite shows of all time. So, you know, it's it's just not looking good for the whole situation. It's an unfortunate situation, but we've we've definitely got to look at it from a from a legal perspective. Um let's get into tonight's topic because um there's a lot. You know, and I'll be honest with you. I didn't come up with a long drawn out intricate, you know, outline, but what I did come up with with uh was some very 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 applicable scriptures in regards to some of the attacks uh that Satan has because there's no there's no real advice like cuz I mean think about it when you're talking about the enemy when you're talking about Satan there's no I mean I can't there's nothing I can tell you there's nothing Courtney can tell you you know when you talk I mean I can tell you about okay why is Tyrone trying to smash on a Friday night and he's not you know committing to you why hasn't he proposed I can give you all the advice in the world on that but when it comes to ways that the enemy is trying to attack you through spiritual warfare, you got to go straight to the word. You got to go straight to the Bible. You got to fight fire with fire. You know what I mean? No no pun intended. You know what I mean? You really got to do that. So, we're going to talk about it from a strictly biblical perspective. What does the word says? What are the main lies the enemy uses? How can we relate to them in our lives and what can be done to combat them? Uh Courtney, now you as well as I and, and just about everybody out there who, who knows Christ, obviously has faced, the, you know, attacks from the enemy. Anything jump out at you just throughout the course of your life that you would say, like, wow, this is a, a an area that the enemy has really been passionate about trying to destroy me in? 
Yeah, the main thing that jumps out to me is lust. That's that's the main one. Um, you know, even though, you know, as I discussed on the show, you know, I've only had two partners, that does not mean that I have not been tempted. In fact, I've been tempted a lot, um, you know, just through, you know, my interactions with the opposite sex. Even pornography um, would be another form of temptation, masturbation, all of that. It all connects together because it's all, you know, lustful. It's a lustful spirit. And, um, yeah, that's something I really had to deal with. And, and it even got to a point that, um, you know, the devil tried to attack me through my dreams. So it was like, okay, yeah, I stopped watching porn and I stopped doing all this other stuff, but then he would try to enter my mind through my dreams and, you know, have me dreaming about sexual acts with people. And so it's real, and that's something I can relate to. Absolutely. That's a classic one right there. I mean, when I say classic, I mean so many women who I work with privately as well as just out there maybe listening in definitely know that lust is something that the devil will will tempt you with. In fact, tonight today tonight we're going to talk about specifically how to overcome temptation. You guys may remember a couple months ago we did a classic special on Tyler Perry's movie Temptation where we where we really talked about um it from a totally different perspective. Definitely check that out if you missed it. But tonight we're going to approach it from a biblical standpoint of what to do to combat temptation and you know there's as you many of you may know there are certain scriptures that speak directly to that um i want to start tonight's show off with with the overall point you know yes we're talking about spiritual warfare but let's talk about why we're talking let's talk about what's actually going on well the bible says in first peter 5 8 to be alert and of sober mind because your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And now if, if that scripture doesn't epitomize why we're here tonight, you guys have to really understand this. And I deal, you know, a lot of you who do work with me privately, you probably heard a lot of this stuff. We're just going to reiterate it tonight, but this is where it comes from. Because again, there is a plan for your life. For the devil, I mean, God has a plan for life, but you got to realize Satan also has a plan, which is to destroy you. That's why here it is right here. The, the, the God is saying, look, you know, be alert. Be of sober mind. Don't be out here. My mom always used to tell us growing up, keep your wits about you. And some of us are just living life, you know, with our heads tucked into the ground, not really aware of the fact that, yo, there's someone out here trying to kill you. There's someone out here trying to destroy you. Now, in many cases... That will mean, doesn't mean literally. You know, it might mean destroy your hope, destroy your dreams, to take away any chance of happiness, spiral you into a state of depression, you know, and that, so it means, you know, destroy you in that sense. But in other cases, it, it is very literal because as many of you very well may know that some of you and many of you are, are actually suicidal and have been suicidal and, and depressed to the point where you didn't even want to live anymore. And you say, well, you know, what's going on? What caused you to get into that place? You know and I know that 90% of the time the reason for that depression originates from a man and originates from giving your body to a man, if we're really going to keep it honest, because it's almost impossible to, for a man to get you to that place of depression, of suicide, without having formed that sexual soul tie with that man. And the enemy knows all this. He knows all that stuff. 
So in many ways, that's his way of destroying you one way or another, whether it's literally killing you, which, as you know, if you commit suicide, you go to hell because our bodies are not ours to take. They're God's, so that obviously is going to cause you to go to the eternal lake of fire. And so in other cases, he just wants you to live life on this earth in a state of misery. You know anything about depression, Courtney? Yeah, I do. That's something um, I can really relate to. I just remember, and it's funny you said um, that a lot of times, if uh, most if not all the time, it's over a man. Because I remember feeling that way, um, you know, my first year of college, and I was just really um, depressed dealing with a man that I knew didn't want me. And, um, you know, a man I was having sex with, it, and it, it was devastating. Um, it, it was hard, and then on top of that, I wasn't doing well in school, and it was just a lot of stuff on me, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I never thought at that time, I didn't think about, you know, going to God with it and just really praying about it. I just wanted, um, you know, just to end my life and take the easy way out because the devil had told me that all the stuff that I was going through, you know, I was just miserable and nobody cared about me and nobody loved me, so I might as well just end it now. And um, so that's something I can relate to, just being in bed all day, sleeping all day, all of that stuff, yeah. And that's what he does, sleeping all day, always tired, unmotivated to do anything. These are clear signs of depression. You know, most of the women that I've worked with are in, are and have been at some point um, going through depression and what we work together is really almost really a lot of this stuff is what we you and I are are doing right now is 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 talking about this stuff from a biblical perspective and, and you know working to combat the attacks of the enemy. I want to start this show out this way. We talked about obviously the devil being a liar, and uh, so he's a liar and he's specifically out to destroy us. So how does he do those things? How does he destroy us? What exactly is he lying about? Well, let's talk about it. now. There are there are about ten major lies, and I want you guys to really write these down. You know what I'm saying? If you can, because the lies are are the whole foundation of depression, of the destruction that the devil hopes for in your life. The lie, my counseling is based upon the 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 theory of the lies people we as people believe. You know, it's like when, when when I do this, you guys see the the ads and things like that. It's, you know, let's set up a free emotional availability assessment. All we're really doing, well, we'll talk about a lot of different things in that session, but the main thing is we're doing is we're pinpointing exactly what lies you are believing that the enemy has told you. Because when you believe the lies, that's where all hell breaks loose. That's where he's able to gain entry into your life to cause you to deal with the loser, have sex. You know, have a fear of being alone, and we'll talk a lot about that tonight. But let's talk about, I wanna, I'm just going to run them down, and then we're going to go through them specifically and talk about ways to combat them. I'm excited about tonight's show. Are you excited, Courtney? I mean, this is, this is exciting stuff. Oh, yeah, you know I am, yeah. This is not like, okay, let's just all hang out and watch, you know, Desperate Housewives or Basketball. I mean, like, this is, you know, this ain't no love and hip-hop stuff right here. This ain't no strawberry letter. This is like what people need to be talking about. You know, I mean, this is like life-changing stuff. They're gonna, we're gonna be see some breakthroughs tonight. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited. So let's. Um, I'm looking at the first one here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna run. I'm, matter of fact, I'm gonna run them down real quick. 
and then we're going to talk about it. But I'm going to save the first one for last because there's so many scriptures that speak about fear. The lie of fear is is probably one of, if not the most common, commonly used lie of the enemy. Okay, fear. Fear of what? Fear of being alone. Fear of being, you know, worthless. Fear of being inadequate. So many different lies that pertain to fear. But again, understand. Some of you are saying, well, I have a, there's a fear of being alone. That's why I dealt with this dude who I knew was not the right man for me. I was like, okay, well, now you can cross that off the list because we've now identified that that is not of God and that it is a lie specifically used as a tool of Satan to keep you oppressed and depressed and ultimately destroy you. So whatever your fear is, is we're going to talk about how to get it out of there because it's not, it's not biblical. It's not godly. All right, so there's that. The, the, there's the lie of fear. Then you have the lie, and again, these are all lies, the lie of abandonment, meaning you are somehow alone. No one wants you. No one uh, loves you. You know, you will not, you, you were not loved. In fact, one of the more common lies that I've uh, experienced through private counseling over the last 10 years is the lie that, you know, your father didn't love you because most women I work with didn't have a father growing up. You know, he wasn't around, he wasn't in the home, or if he was, he was a drunk, an alcoholic, or, you know, drug addict, abuser, molester, you know, cheater, things like that. So that's a very common lie specifically in the black community that the enemy uses to cause you to do all types of stuff. So that's definitely something that you want to, um, if you can relate, get rid of it. Get rid of those thoughts because, again, we're talking about lies. Courtney, abandonment. Anything, any way you can relate to that? Yeah, I thought of myself as soon as you said that. Um, yeah, that was one of my main, one of the main things I was dealing with because I thought, like many women, that my father didn't love me um, because he was a drug addict. The same thing you just said, he was a drug addict, and so he wasn't around as much. So because he wasn't around as much, I translated that, or I took that to say that he must not love me because he's not spending all of this time with me, so that he doesn't love me. And so, you know, I grew up just wanting that attention from men, and, and that's why I stayed around and stuck in situations that I knew I shouldn't have been in because I didn't want to feel lonely again. I didn't want to go back to feeling like that little girl that was longing for her dad. You know, to come home or longing for her dad to wish her happy birthday. You know, little things like that. I, I didn't want to go back there mentally, and so that's something I can relate to. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things. It's definitely one of those things when you don't feel like someone wants you, you know, or you don't have anyone, or you have no other options. That's one of the things that often will will, will lead you to that stripper pole, lead you to the crack house, lead you to the arms. Of a, a thug who you know deep down only wants to have sex with you leads you into that engagement where you know he only said let's get married just to keep you from leaving because you set some type of ultimatum. You know what I mean? Like these are things that you guys aren't stupid. Like you know really what's going on, but the lie, 
the underlying lie that you're believing is what makes you say, you know what, yeah, deep down I know this. I, yeah, I, I know he's cheating. I don't have any proof that he's cheating, but deep down I know. But that abandonment feeling, the, the feeling that you'll be alone is, is what keeps you uh, there. And, again, these are lies. We'll talk about some specific um, – we'll go through these. I'm just running them down real quick, um, actually. Um, but, let matter of fact, damaged goods. You know what I'm saying? Like, damaged goods, meaning – you just you've done some things you've been through some things you know you're not proud of you know you've had the sex you've you've gotten the stds you've let so and so run a train i mean these are things that a lot of you have done in your past but the enemy is telling you whoa you you did that you know it's it's no way that you can rebound from that there's no way that god can um heal you from this in fact, I'm looking at a scripture that uh, right now pertains directly to that. We're going to talk about scriptures from all these uh, to combat all of these, these lies. Damaged goods. I'm looking at one scripture that says, Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as, white as snow. And that's Isaiah 1.18. You understand that like, there's another lie that Satan uses which is the lie of being tainted in some way, All right? You guys know how it goes. Kind of the same thing as damaged goods, you know. But you are you're you're just not as good. You will always have this black cloud over your head as a result of what's happened or what you've done. Many of you have had abortions. A lot of a lot of women I've worked with privately have had abortions. They feel like now they're tainted, they're dirty, or they're sinful, and they're they're not worthy of love. Well, look at look at what the look at what uh First John says. First John one nine says that if we confess our sins, that He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that right there, see again, you guys see what's happening here. These are the main lies the enemy uses. Let me just matter of fact, let me just read them real quick. Fear, being tainted, damaged goods, confusion, the lie of hopelessness, worthlessness. Guilt and powerlessness. Those are the main lies right there. Powerlessness, guilt, worthlessness, hopelessness, confusion. We'll talk about that. Damaged goods, being tainted, and fear. Courtney, which of those can you relate to? All of them. <laughs> All of Crazy them. stuff right here. Damaged goods. You ever felt damaged? Yeah. Yeah, I have felt damaged. Help the ladies out, Courtney, because a lot of people right now, you got to realize, you know, or maybe you know, maybe you don't know, you are looked at, people, these women up out here put you not on a pedestal, but they really look up to you in a lot of ways. They know, they hear the stories, they see how you are now, okay, and they're like, okay, like, where's the, where's the, like, what happened? How did you mm-hmm. do this? Okay, I hear you saying you felt damaged, but... Help us as women understand what did you do? Because, you know, I can hear Dayton talk all day. He likes to talk. He won't shut up. But we need to hear from a woman how a woman dealt with doing certain things that would be considered hoish or would be considered unrespectable. How did you escape those feelings and those lies of being tainted or damaged? I really, well, first, I I just want to say specifically what, you know, what I did that made me feel that way. 
um, you know, I, I really felt damaged because I just felt like no man would ever want me because I had never been taken seriously by a man. And so the devil was saying, well, you know, no man's going to want you because you've always been, you know, a jump off. So I don't know why you expect things to, you know, be any different or you've always been the party girl or you've always been put in the friend zone. So why do you think that things are, are going to change? You might as well give it up. And I'll be honest, I, I actually bought into that for a very long time simply because I I didn't know what I was doing was wrong. You know, I, I really, I didn't know um, for the longest. And so what it really took is just one time too many of me just indulging in sin, specifically, you know, porn and masturbation. One time too many, it was just like I got tired of it, and that conviction was getting stronger and stronger, and God was pulling me closer and closer to him. And so once I gave it up and gave my life to him, he started to show me things. Like he started to just reveal things to me, and, you know, that's when I had, you know, started doing counseling with you. It was just thing doors started opening, and that's when I started to see the truth. Wow, that's deep. That's deep. You know, like you said, you started to see the truth. Okay? Because, again, these are lies. One of the main ways to overcome lies from the enemy is to really pray and to look at. Well, definitely you want to seek help. But you want to, you know, through that, you want to read the word, go to church, you know, pray. And then through all of those things, you will see the, the truth about yourself. Like for many of you, the devil's been telling you, telling you you're ugly or you're not attractive or you're fat or you're you know, disabled or whatever it is that he's been lying to you and saying. But when you really take a step back and you say, wait a minute, I'm actually made perfectly in the will of God, in the eyes of God, in the image of God. So, I, nothing, you know, yes, I, there are always things that I can work on, but devil, you're not going to tell me that I'm not beautiful. You're not going to tell me that I'm not special because the word says that I am, right? It's interesting. Let's go back to some of these uh, these other ones. Uh, I want to go back a little bit to abandonment because this is probably one of, if not my favorite scripture of all time that specifically deals with abandonment. If you guys are feeling like you're alone, you have no one, your family's hating on you, your friends, or you had to cut them off, or they left you once you decided to change your life and live for God, but now you've done all these things, but now you're still lonely and you know, you've cut all the men off. Well, and so now you feel abandoned. You feel like you thought people cared about you, but you really, um, you see that, that that wasn't the case. Well, here's a, a great scripture that speaks directly to people who feel abandoned, like you don't have anybody. It's fun. Here's the craziest thing about it. The devil is lying to you. This is how you know it's a lie. Because, look, he says you have no one. But what does the word say? Well, the word says in Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty, says, come to me. This is God talking here. It says, come to me. If you feel lonely, well, that's cool. Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So that right there tells you definitively that that's a lie straight from the depths of hell in regards to being abandoned and or and lonely and having no one and alone 
Because the Bible clearly says God says himself, well, look, don't worry about the, the, that friend with benefits you had to cut off. Don't worry about your mom or your dad or, you know, who's hating on you or auntie or uncle or your, your, your best friend who slept with your man. Whatever this case is, come to me with your heavy heart and I'll give you rest. That's, a, that's like my favorite scripture right there. What do you, what do you think about that, Courtney? I mean, how, how comforting is that to hear? I was actually whispering it to myself as you were saying it. I love that one. I do. That's one of my favorite scriptures, too. Um, And it just reminded me of um, something I was going through. You remember, I told you I felt that way. I felt alone, and I felt like I didn't have anyone. I had to cut off all the friends and basically everybody that was in my life. And um, so that's something I could relate to and just, you know, moving into my own apartment, being by myself, and just feeling like, oh, I don't have anybody to party with or I don't have anybody to call. And I really struggled with that because the devil was lying to me. But I'm so glad I got past that because I knew that if I didn't have anyone else, I had God. It's amazing. These scriptures are crazy, right? I told y'all the other night, man, these scriptures are amazing. You know what I mean? Like, they will literally change your life. The Bible is literally filled with the greatest information ever. You know what I mean? Like, it's unprecedented, and you know it comes straight from God because it's so applicable in, in, in our lives The devil will even try to tell you You ever meet people who will try to tell you crazy stuff Like oh no the devil was written by man and uh, Excuse me the bible was written by man And, 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 and it's, it was written a million years ago And that like just, just absolute craziness You know what I mean Like you, you've, you've heard people talking crazy like that Yeah and those are people that are struggling And living in the most sin Yeah, yeah. I, Right exactly it's funny. I was uh, watching uh, TV and like the video channel was on, and uh, Mac Lamore, they have a uh, and Ryan Lewis, somebody, they have a song called um, "Some Crap," talking about gay gay love or what is it? You, you know, I'm talking about. You ever heard that song? No, I'm glad I haven't. Mm-mm. It's some some crazy. It gets a lot of airplay and a lot of a lot of video spins. It's like y'all know what I'm talking about. It's like some type of song that they have. Um, basically justifying it's the most blasphemous thing you'll ever hear. Like, Google it. Post it just Google Mac Lamore and uh and it's it's basically singing about free I think it might be called free love, something crazy. But basically talking about how it's okay to be gay and, and okay to, to to love and to love whoever you want to love and how you want to love them. And basically in the background they're singing um the hook of uh, of love, love is patient, love is kind. Like that's like the the hook of the of the song that's singing about gay pride and gay love. Can you imagine that? Quoting the Bible that God. I mean, how blasphemous can you be? Mm. That's crazy. Yo, mm. I'm telling y'all, watch. Yo, go, go on YouTube and, and watch watch this video. I'm gonna post it after the show. Like, it's ridiculous. So I'm just telling you, like, there's some really, really sick individuals that the actual chorus of this song is singing, love is patient, love is kind. And that you can tell it's a blatant mockery. It's not even like a mockery because they're not making a mockery. They're, they're, but they're trying to make a justification, a biblical justification for homosexuality. If you guys missed, last night we weren't live. I know a lot of people tuned in. Uh, last night, because uh, they saw the advertisement, um, there was a landmark Supreme Court decision. I don't know if you guys have been watching the news, but 
they, you know, this country is really taking steps. FYI, there are not. This is not a coincidence that the Trayvon Martin case started this week, and that this whole gay, you know, homosexuality, you know, Supreme Court ruling on these major issues, you know, regarding the future of gay rights was this week. Anyone who thinks that's a coincidence is not familiar with the devil's agenda for this world. Okay, the government's agenda, which coincides with the devil's agenda, is 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 working together, and they're pushing this whole thing forward. And this whole Trayvon thing is really nothing more than a distraction, you know, to uh, similar to the same way the Boston bombings were a distraction when they passed all these other government regulations that same week. Google my special on uh, the Boston bombings if you guys don't know what I'm talking about. So definitely, um, Satan is busy. Satan is definitely busy. Let's go to the phone lines. Uh, we'll, we'll take calls. You guys have calls, 646-200-0366. Uh, hit the number one on your keypad. You know, if you have a question or comment or you just have maybe a testimony to uh, to, to share. W- one of the things I want to, I wanna, like I said, we're going to really stay in the Word. We're going to stay in the Bible, you know what I mean, because that's where the answers to these lies are. This is where the... the, the you're able to combat the lies. But we talked about abandonment, all right? We talked about being tainted, and I'll read this again. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that basically means, you know, we talk a lot. I don't want to be confused. We talk a lot about on barbershop talk and different things like what men look for in a wife, and and, and we stand by those things. No double-mindedness over here. We keep it honest as far as what men want in a wife, absolutely. You know, we want respectable women. However, at the same time, the Word says that if you, because it's not about confessing your sins to us, it's about confessing your sins to, to, to God, and He's faithful, and He will forgive you, and He will cleanse you from all that unrighteousness, and He will make you a new creature. And if you're a new creature who's given his life, and you, you now de- uh, devote yourself to God and delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart, which is in many cases, in most cases, which is love. So don't let anybody tell you that you can't have love based on what you've done in the past. That goes back to the lie of of being tainted or damaged goods in some way. Did the uh, devil ever tell you that, Corey, that you'll, you'll be single forever? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, he he told me that all the time. I'll be single forever, and a lot of times, and that led to me, you know, to not pray because I, I bought into that, and I just thought that whatever it is that I did in my past, you know, God was really, you know, really mad at me, so I might as well not even pray about it. That's what the devil would tell people, make mm. them feel ashamed. Mm, that's deep right there, ashamed. We'll talk a little bit more about that. That's actually on the list right there. Guilt and shame. Those are right there. You know what I mean? Those are things that, but again, those are lies. Nothing but lies. Guilt is a lie because, again, the Bible says, though your sins are like scarlet, look, that's, he said, that's nothing. I'll make them as white as snow. So there's no need to have the guilt. It doesn't, it doesn't specify what sin doesn't specify what exactly you did. It just says whatever it is, all you got to do is ask for forgiveness, and he'll make it white as snow. So there's no more damaged goods. So there's no, if someone, because there are people listening right now that I work with privately on this very topic. I'm telling you all right now. I told you privately. I'm telling you publicly. 
The devil has no power, and you're not damaged, you're not tainted, and you can let that go because the word is very clear. All right? Um, let's talk about a very common, probably one of the most common lies that I deal with professionally. I've been giving advice through counseling for 10 years now. All right? And we're going to be doing a big 10-year anniversary, uh, something coming up soon. It's going to be uh, pretty big, but I'll keep you, know, keep you posted on that. But confusion. You guys know just from listening, we've been on the air for six years. That, and that's just this talk show. This is the sixth year of the show. But I've been, we've, you know, through the show alone, we've heard hundreds of questions. Me privately, I've gotten thousands of questions specifically from women who are in a state of confusion. Dadon, what do I do? What's going on with this guy? Why is he treating me like this? Should I stay? Should I go? We actually did a classic classic two-night special, maybe two, three years ago. You guys remember Latoya Luckett's song, Torn? Well, Google Torn on the Dadon Tolbert Show. Listen to part one and listen to part two. Two-night special on Torn, Should I Leave or Should I Go, and how to deal with being torn. I, mean, I just think of these random shows that we've done almost I mean, well over a thousand shows. Sometimes I just think about them and I throw them out there. If I go ahead and listen to these shows that I, I'm mentioning because they're classics. Uh, but that's a, a common lie. It's it's because again, you guys know that God is not a God of confusion. One anyone who's ever done private counseling, Courtney, you know, many of you know, the first thing I'll ask you, or one of the first things I'll ask you, when you're reaching out, you're saying, Well, I've been dealing with this guy, da da da, da I need advice. I said, I'm gonna ask you before we go any further, I'm gonna ask you a question. Is this you know, I say, Is this the man that God has for you? That's one of the first questions I ask everybody. You know what I'm saying? And and the this, uh, the hundreds of, of responses I've gotten, you'd be surprised. They all say the same thing. Hundreds of women have said the exact same thing in the exact same manner. Well, I'm not sure. I don't know. I say, well, okay. I say that's cool. Don't worry about it then. I'll answer for you. The answer is no. Because if you're saying that, hey, I don't know or I'm unsure if this is the man who God has for me, that that means the answer is no because God doesn't operate in a state of confusion. He's not a God of doubt or uncertainty. So if when you think about your relationship and you have to question, wait a minute, is this the, the man that God has for me? Is this the woman that God has for me? Well, that means the answer is no because if, if it was, then you wouldn't be confused. Right, Courtney, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I just was thinking about, um, you know, just um, in times where I, I felt confused. And and what the devil will do is, you know, he'll you'll, you'll be confused about a situation with a man, like, oh, is he the one or isn't he the one? And the devil will tell you that it's nothing wrong with the guy, it's you. You're just being hard-headed. You just need to let go and let God because this is the guy for you. So you're creating this confusion for nothing. And that I would buy into that lie, not thinking that the reason I'm confused is because this man is not for me. It's not a man that God has sent to me to love me. It's from the devil. But that's why a lot of women, you know, find themselves in that state for so long because they convince themselves that it's just them. You know, they're just dreaming, you know? Absolutely. Listen, guys, and, and the other lies 
are work work in direct conjunction with that particular lie because if you're confused, a lot of times the reason why you're confused is because you feel like you're tainted. You know, is because you feel like in the past you've been abandoned and you have a fear of being abandoned again in the future. And again, these are all you see how it works? A lot of times you're confused because you're still dealing with guilt from your past and you're like, Well, you know, I really don't deserve true love, so let me settle for this dude who just wants to come over every Friday night and smash. Well, these are all lies from the enemy. And it's funny, it's crazy how we're talking about them, and it, it seems so obvious, but these are lies that we all have at one point believed in some capacity. You know, it's crazy. There's no one who cannot relate to this show. This should be, probably won't be, but should be one of my highest rated shows of all time. Because this is a show that everybody can relate to. Someone will say, well, I can't relate to being a hoe, or I can't relate to da-da-da, I don't... Well, listen, you can relate to this. You can relate to that big red monster that I posted on Facebook that you saw. You understand? So share. stop being afraid to share these, these links. You know, if you have friends and family or whoever that need to hear this show, I mean, you know they're going through spiritual warfare... Yo, let them know because this is exactly what what God wants people to hear because we're talking straight from the, from the Word of God, you know. So that's confusion. Well, a lot of people say, okay, I hear you, Dadon, but you know, how do we combat that? I mean, I am confused. I don't know. So I mean, it's not really a lie because I actually am confused. I really don't know what I should do. Well, here's the here's the solution right here, and everybody knows this one. This is Proverbs three five through seven. You know, most people just focus on Proverbs 3, 6. But it's really the whole thing is important because it says here, to trust in your in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes, but instead fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And I could do a whole three-hour show just on this. In fact, I may in the future, just like we did a classic show on Psalms uh, 1, what was it, Psalms uh, 3, 1 through 3. You know, classic show in, uh, on who do you stand for, what do you stand for, the world or the word. If you missed that show, man, y'all are crazy. Listen to these shows, specifically these ones like when we're talking straight from the Bible. But let's let's just look at this. If you're confused... You're having sex with somebody. Well, I mean, let's just be honest. That's the only reason you, you're confused, you know, because most likely you've given your body to that man, so you don't really want to walk away from a situation where you feel you've already invested a certain part of your heart or, you know, in many cases just your body, and it's like, whoa, I don't want to just leave empty-handed. So you've done some things, so you're trying to figure it out. A lot of you are getting stressed out. You're getting gray hairs. You're getting ulcers, you're not feeling well, going into depression because you're just racking your brain trying to figure out. What well, the Bible says, don't try to figure it out. It says not to even not to do that. It says, do not, and again, it says, do not lean on your own understanding, meaning stop trying to figure it out. Don't stop trying to figure it out. You know, instead, instead of trying to figure it out in your own understanding, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And and he will make your path straight. Meaning, if you're confused or you're unsure unsure of which way to go, 
he will make that path straight by you trusting him. And this is the deep part. This is what a lot of people don't realize. This is the scripture that gets gets forgotten. But this the last part of it says, "Be not wise in your own eyes," because that's I mean, come on, come on, Courtney. You ever tried to be wise in your own eyes? You ever just thought you were smarter than what you were? Oh yeah, all the time. Thought I was smart, and I, you know, smarter than I was, and thought I was in control, and that nothing could hurt me. Right, me too. I've listen. Mm-hmm. I've thought through all throughout my life. I'm the smartest guy ever. I know everything. I can do no wrong. I'm in total control. Well, obviously that wasn't the case. I found myself in some really not so good situations as a result of of having that almost arrogance, um, you know, and, and not trusting God and in, in trying to make my own path straight, trying to figure out on my own. That's why the Bible says to be not wise in your own eyes, but instead you better fear the Lord. See, these people out here, they think it's a joke. These people are making songs, talking about some love is patient, love is kind, singing about homosexuality. Rihanna, I'm listening to a song, uh, Rihanna, uh, earlier today. Stupid song comes on the radio, and as soon as I hear stuff like that, I just turn it right off. But I'm like, wait a minute, I remember what it was, and I was like, let me just listen to these lyrics real quick. This chick is talking about some, I'll live when the sky ends. I said, what? She said, what she said, I'm a paraphrase, I forget exactly what she said. She says, um, pain is, uh, she says, what fun is forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, basically, why would you want to have eternal life? Like, they're basically making a mockery. Like, listen, go listen to the song Hard, featuring Young Jeezy, Rihanna entitled Hard. Listen, Listen to the song, look up the words, you'll see blatant satanic references. Here's a double, you guys, we talk a lot about double entendres. The whole first verse. I'm about to blow y'all minds right now. Jay-Z is the king. You guys know. Let me just tell you, share something with y'all that, that God showed me clearly for the first time today. I've heard that song. We even did a whole show talking about this song a while ago. Let me just share something with y'all real quick. Jay-Z, Kanye West, Beyonce, all of those guys, they are they have become geniuses at the, the, the art of double entendres, double meanings. Okay, in their songs, making you think it's about one thing, but in reality, it's about something totally different. You got to know that. You got to understand. Jay Z has been doing that for 15 years. Beyonce has been doing that all throughout her career. Kanye has begun doing it. Rihanna is just getting her feet wet into it. The whole song, the whole first verse of that particular song, is about the end of the world and and how and how you know she's going to interact with the enemy with you know. In, at the end of the world, basically, okay. That song came out not too long after her incident with Chris Brown. Now, there's a line in there while she says, "You guys probably," she said, "While you're getting your cry on, I'm getting my fly on, right? You know what I'm talking. You ever heard? You know what song I'm talking about, Courtney? Yeah, that sounds. Those lyrics sound sound, sound familiar, but I don't get, know the title of the song. Yeah, it's called hard. She's like, "Why you getting your cry oh, on? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting yeah. my yeah, fly yeah, on." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She's singing about that. Yo, this whole time, and you really got to pray about this and ask God for discernment. And you really got to look at the context of the rest of the lyrics at the time when she makes this statement. Because you would think that you know Chris Brown, he apologized and this and that. He was going on all these talk shows crying. It would appear that she's talking about Chris Brown. But she's not. 
She's talking about Christ. She's talking about Jesus himself when it says Jesus wept. You understand? I'm telling y'all, you got to really listen to the lyrics. You got to know about what these people are into. She's making a mockery the same way Kanye West will say something like, tell Peter my mink is dragging on the floor. He wants you to think he's talking about Peter, the people responsible for protesting animal rights and stuff. He wants people to think, but no, he's referring to himself as Jesus, you know, as Jesus walked through the streets with his with his, his garments dragging on the ground. That he's comparing himself as obviously he calls himself Jesus. That's the title of his new album. You see how these people how sick these bastards are? You know what I'm Beyonce, Obama, anybody who thinks who saw that freaking uh Bible Bible uh mini series, if you think for it's not a coincidence, man. It's not a coincidence that the devil in the mo- in the new movie, the Bible, was a, a, a an exact replica of Obama. I mean, if, if, I'm just I'm just saying, if anyone thinks that's a coincidence, if you think that he specifically did not have something to do with portraying himself as as the as the, the you know as God, because they refer to Satan as God, Jay Z, beyond these are all things that they do and have been doing blatantly for the last fifteen years. This is not a secret. So I'm just I'm just telling you, you got to pray about this stuff. You got to read about this stuff. You got to listen to this stuff. That's the problem. These people are not listening to lyrics. They're forming an opinion without even knowing anything about these artists. Really, they know know a hit song, but they don't really research. You know what I'm saying? They don't read the Bible. But I I do it all. Courtney does it all. I read the Bible. I listen to the music. I put two and two together. Deep stuff. Did you let me see how deep this is, Courtney? Thoughts you want to you know add to that before we keep it moving? I just I just had to share that. God put that on my heart today. It was crazy. Yeah, that I never knew those that you know those lyrics. I didn't know that's what it meant. Like I had Yo. no idea, and I was singing along to it and everything. Not even. Uh, 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 are realized. you was jamming? Are you was jamming to it? Yeah, you, I was. You was jamming the heart. You like that song? I did. It's a catchy song. I'm just messing. I mean, I, and they, yeah. Yo, yeah. she said, while you getting your cry on, I'm getting my fly on. Yo, like that. You think if anybody, yo, it. I'm telling you, it would appear that she's talking about Chris Brown, but she's not. Listen to the whole verse. <laughs> yo, yo, it, let's keep it moving, man. Because I'll talk about that <laughs> all night, man. This stuff is crazy. God showed me that just today I'm driving in my car with my daughter. I'm like, yo, what is she saying? Mm. Yeah, I'd be pretty bold to to blatantly insult God, you know, but these people are doing it. That's how you can tell that the end of the word. The Bible says here, it says, look, don't be wise in your own eyes, but instead fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Turn away from sin. Stop letting them hit it. Because that, I mean, let's just, if we're going to talk about this stuff, we've got to be honest about it. You, you're confused because you're having sex outside of a marriage. You're having sex even outside of a relationship. That's why you're only, that's the only reason you're confused about his intentions towards you. If you have to ask a man, hey, look, what are we, I know we just had sex, but what is this? What are we doing here? What direction are we going? Well, then it ain't going nowhere. He doesn't want you. And because you had sex with him, now we, you know, that's where the confusion comes from. That's why the, the Bible says, instead of, you know, 
leaning on your own understanding. You, I mean, yeah, that's cool. You know, definitely you want to trust in the Lord, but you also got to turn away from evil. You also got to fear the Lord. You got to stop letting them smash. <laughs> right? I mean, Corey, I mean, just, people don't like, you ever notice when people quote this scripture, they always leave that part out? Yeah. <laughs> they that's do. why they always say, they say Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. No, it's not just 3, 5, and 6. It's, yo, it's, I mean, this is like a whole, the 3, 5 through 7. You got to fear the Lord and you got to turn away from evil. You gotta stop sinning. You gotta stop letting them smash. <laughs> I think I just like saying that. You know what I mean? But you yeah, do. I think you do too. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. Yeah, but but you do. But it's true. You gotta stop letting them smash. Um. So there's that. So again, again, if you guys are just joining us tonight, we're talking about the the enemy. This is one of those topics, probably more so than any that I've ever done. Where you know, I, like I said, I, I like to let things mentally marinate to the point where it just bubbles and bubbles and bubbles and bubbles, and then when we do it, it just explodes. And as you know, we've been talking about this for since before Christmas, you know, even before that. So let's talk about more lies, more lies of the enemy. Uh, we got hopelessness, okay? There's there's no hope. You know, if you have generally the lie of fear, which we're about to talk about, is is directly connected to hopelessness and worthlessness and powerlessness. We can talk about those all in, in one you know, at one time, because they all go hand in hand. You know, hopelessness, worthlessness, and powerlessness. It's like, well, if you feel worthless, well, then obviously you don't have the power to overcome the the lies. You don't have the power to overcome the, the confusion or feeling like you're tainted or damaged, you know. And so if you feel powerless and you feel worthless, well, then there's no hope. You feel hopeless. You feel like, well... You know, and and that's where, unfortunately, for many, that's where the suicide comes in. The suicide rate in the black community, specifically amongst African American women, is very high. Google suicide rate in the black community; it's very high, higher than it should be. Because when you have the hopelessness, you feel like, well, why am I here? Why? What do I have to live for? I mean, I've personally counseled hundreds of women who've been suicidal at one point or another. That's just me personally. Imagine what it is nationally. So, I mean, we got it. And, and again, but, you know, these are lies. Hopelessness is a lie. That's, this whole list is lies. Worthlessness is a lie. And we'll talk about exactly. I don't want to just tell you all stuff. I want to show you why it's a lie and what the Bible says about it being a lie. What are your thoughts on those three specifically? Hopelessness, worthlessness, and powerlessness. Yeah, those three things you know, can really, um, they can really get to you, you know, if you allow it to. Because, I mean, I know that's something a lot of women, um, you know, can relate to just feeling like, just basically feeling like they're nothing and like things won't ever get better. And that's why it's so very important, you know, to get into the word. Because if you don't, if you don't do that, if you don't talk to God about whatever it is that's going on with you, that's when the devil really works on you. Like a, a lot of times, like he'll speak to you and be all in your head, and it could drive you crazy if you're not rooted in the Word. Yo, I'm going to tell you something, man. That's excellent advice. I'm going to tell you something. When you get done with this show, right, go ahead and go to iTunes, download this. Go to DadonTalbertShow.com, download this, put it onto a CD, and keep it as a memento of the first day of the rest of your life and refer back to it. 
because all the answers to life's problems are put are are right here. This ain't about making no money. This ain't about you know none of that crazy stuff. It's about changing lives. This right what we're talking about right here, all in one place. How to overcome the lies of I wouldn't be surprised if the phone lines just went dead right now. You know what I mean? Like you just couldn't hear anything. I, I would not be surprised if that happened because right now we are taking away all power from the enemy. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. So what we got here is hopelessness, worthlessness, worthlessness, and powerlessness. Well, check this out. I'm about to. We're about to shut all those down with one scripture. Just forget all these other scriptures. One scripture is going to shut down all three of those. You feel hopeless. You feel worthless. You feel like you have no power. Well, check out what Philippians 4.13 says, which everybody knows. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, am I, Courtney, does that not just totally wipe out all three of those lies? Yeah, it wiped out everything. Yeah, I love that scripture <laughs> too, by the way. That's crazy. That's crazy right there. It just totally, you know, shut the whole devil down. I mean, think, I mean, think about it. There, there are answers to all the lies from the enemy right in the Bible. You got to read it, though. You got to not just read it, but you have to be passionate about it. See, there was a time I wasn't always passionate about it, but, like, it's, let me just tell you all something. I get excited. My, I have no stress in my life. Just understand, I have no stress whatsoever, no negativity, no stress. My highest form of stress is not having, having enough hours in the day to post these scriptures that Aaron throws up on, in the group. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm telling y'all, like, y'all think I'm like a psycho with it. Like, Courtney will throw something up there, Aaron will throw something up there, Cheryl will throw something up there. You know, like, Randy will throw something in there. I'll be like, yo, oh, my God, like, all these scriptures in my inbox, like, what the heck do I do? You know what I'm saying? It's like, so if I overload y'all, just know that, like, I, I'm, like, stressing out, like, yo, how am I going to get all this information out there? Because I want to share it. And I'm telling you, if you're not that passionate about, Blessing others and just sharing the word of God There's something wrong with your walk I'm not judging, I'm just being real with you You're supposed to be passionate You're supposed to be excited If you're not excited If this isn't what If you get if you, if you get more excited about Beyonce coming to your city Than you do about posting these scriptures on Facebook There's something wrong I'm just being real with you so this is exciting stuff right here. Hopelessness, worthlessness, and powerlessness are the three of the ma main lies and the major lies that the devil uses to keep us oppressed. All you got to do is tell him, look, you have no power because I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. That's it. Let's talk about one other thing. Let's talk about one other thing, too. We We talked a little bit about guilt. You know, we talked about all this stuff, but this is one of the things that just shuts the whole thing down, all his lies down, is 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 this one, whether it's hopelessness, worthlessness, powerlessness, guilt, damage, goods, tainted, fear. We still got to talk about fear. I'm saving that one for last. Abandonment, all that stuff. What you got to do, you got this is what you do. And you, you know, Courtney, we talk about living life with an attitude of gratitude. That's not just a cliche that I came up with, but it's actually biblical. It says right here in 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 18, be joyful always. I'm going to share something to you all real quick. That's a blessing, actually. But it says to be joyful always, to pray continually, 
Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's all you got to do. Because think about it. Think about something real quick. If you're always joyful, if you're always praying, if you're giving thanks in all circumstances, not just when things are good, but in all circumstances, and it tells you blatantly that this is God's will for you, well then, at what point, Courtney, do you have to be depressed? You you can't. You can if you're always thankful and you and you see, you know, the bright side of things. That's that when you get that peace and you're in the fruit of the spirit, you can't get depressed. I want to share something with y'all, and I don't. I, I want you. I, I'm telling y'all. I say this with all humility. I say this not in a braggadocious way, but this. I, I say this as a testimony, and and a true testament to God. All glory to God. What we're talking about, it just occurred to me. All this stuff, this whole outline, everything that we're talking about, I came up with this stuff in about 10 minutes. Okay? You would think like something like this, like finding all these scriptures would have taken hours and hours. God showed me all of these scriptures in less than 10 minutes today. Today. Not like yesterday or a week. Like today. I woke up this morning and said, hmm, what show should we do tonight? I knew I wanted to be live. We weren't going to be live over the weekend. So I said, let's do a live show. God, like, Boom, 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 boom. Like showed me like scriptures, and I just jot them down on my uh, on my laptop. Is that not amazing? That's awesome. That's how great God is. People think I make this stuff up. Like this, I don't. We, even that show we did the other night. Like I do this stuff in like five minutes. God just like shows me stuff. I might be like, you know, what does the Bible say about fear? And it's like boom, 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 boom. Like all these scriptures, like bam. You know, that's a blessing, and, and it shows that. When you, and I'm, I'm telling you this for a reason, like when you want to do something positive, I'm not talking about when you want a, something to work in a bad relationship you're not even supposed to be in and you pray about it and you wonder why God isn't answering that prayer. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you want to do something to be a blessing to others or that will glorify God in any way, I can 100% guarantee that he will not just make a way, because, yeah, that's clear. I mean, obviously he'll make a way, but he will make it easy. He will make it flow. Now, I'm not saying everything is going to be easy, but I'm saying if you want to do something that, and you're passionate about doing something, yo, that will bring God glory and be a blessing to others, he, you know, you just got to do it, and he will, he will definitely make a way. So, But definitely uh, live life with an attitude of gratitude. Pray continuously. Be joyful. See, and it's interesting. Check this out. I just thought of this just now. We talk about men a lot. You know what I mean? Like, the, you know, this show obviously talks about a lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, we're here for love. We're here to help, you know, help people be found by that man or a woman that God has for them. So when in regards to women and what men look for in a wife, well, what do we always focus so much on, Courtney, um, that is so important for women to have? Um, I would say um, a great relationship with God or emotional availability would be mm-hmm. two things. Mm-hmm. Those are the two right there. Sorry, I'm just sipping on this water real quick. Yeah, I was you like, know, what's going on? Yo, <laughs> hey, yo, ain't no need to front about it. I'm thirsty, man. I'm talking for two hours straight, man. Y'all think I just do this show and I'll be thirsty? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was about to say something else, but I'll, I'll leave that alone. I'm not even going to. Um, 
one of the things that I that I'll say is that I don't even know what I was about to say. What the heck was I about to say, Courtney? What was I talking about? What the heck? You see, you made me lose my whole train of thought. I don't know. I'm not in your head, so I can't tell you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Courtney, you always messing stuff up, man. Really you don't want to decide to drink something. See, it is what it is. But look, let's keep it moving. I don't even know what we were talking about. Somebody calling if you know what we were, what we were talking about. Wait, I, I can my... tell you. Hold on. <laughs> we, you were saying what um, men look for in a wife. And that's Thank what I you. said. Okay, you're welcome. There you go. Thank you. That's what we were talking about. What I was going to say is is that we talked, you hit the, the first two on the head. Emotional availability, you know, respectability, and, the you know, the relationship with God. Well, what's the third one? You got to have that great personality. That's what every man wants. You know, don't end up like, what's her name, Rachel, Trayvon's girlfriend. Horrible attitude. I'm like, her <laughs> attitude is the worst. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Da, 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 da. You got that? Like, yo, like, what the heck is wrong with you, chick? Like, I'm just saying, like, that her attitude is the worst and, and, and really perpetuated the stereotype about black women in this country, which is just having that that attitude, like horrible, horrible attitude. I mean, it's horrible. Uh, you know, I'm not saying she doesn't have a right to be upset, but you don't. You can be upset without having an attitude. You can be. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Definitely. So this scripture right here says specifically to be joyful always. I can tell you definitively that if you are joyful always, that's going to translate to the number one thing that these men look for in a wife, which is that great personality. <clears throat> the problem with it is a lot of women have that emotional wall up. Well, what comes along with an emotional wall? Well, you've got your trust issues. In many cases, you have a guard. You get your short, you know, your answers are very short. You're, you're sarcastic. These are things that are used as defense mechanisms to keep people from, you know, getting close to you. Well, if you have to do those things, well, then you're not being joyful always, as First Thessalonians 5.16 says to do. So just these, yes, we're talking about scripture. Yes, we're talking about attacks from the devil. But, you know, all of this stuff is connected. It's connected to love. It's connected to dating. It's connected to relationships. And, and in the Bible has is the ultimate relationship book. It's the ultimate relationship book. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see what's going on. Uh, what else we got here? Let's talk about fear. Like I said, I wanted to save that one for a little bit later on before we set the stage a little bit with the you know as far as the other lies go. But uh, you know, Courtney, is that anything you can relate to? Like just having a fear of being alone? Yeah. Yeah, that's something I can relate to, just the fear of being by myself. And I think a lot of it um, just came from a lot of stuff, just basically what I saw growing up. And I think a lot of women can relate to that. You know, if they never saw, you know, had both parents in the home or really saw that great relationship um, between a man and a woman, they start to question if they can have a great, you know, if they can have love for themselves. And then in addition to that, they may see, you know, friends or, you know, people on TV, whoever, who appear to be in great relationships and they just think like, wow, like I want that. And so since I want that, maybe I can, you know, continue dealing with this man and hopefully we'll get to that point. Hopefully it will lead to marriage. And a lot of times you're not even in a relationship with the guy. So, and all of that is comes back to the fear of being alone. That's 
the the fear of being alone will make you do some horrible horrible things. You guys already know that though. You know, if you you know, a lot of women all of our conversations start out well, you know, I was it was first of all, I've known this guy since you know, for two years, and we just recently got into a relationship for a year, you know, or for two more years, so I've known him, he's been in my life for a total of like five years, and it's like, you know, now it's, you know, I'm trying to get him out of my life, it's like, well, what the heck, it took five years to to realize he wasn't the man that God had for you? And it's like, well, I said, well, surely there were signs well before five years, they say, yeah. I said, so what, what made you ignore the signs? They say, well, you know, I just I just didn't want to be alone. I'd invested time. Well, that right there is not I didn't want to be alone. It's it's one, I was afraid of being alone, but then two, I didn't feel as though I didn't have faith that God would bless me with someone better. So because I have the fear of being alone and because my lack of faith was telling me that there was nothing on the horizon for me, I said, What the heck, let me just go ahead and stay here with you know dealing with this situation, this man. And so that if you guys realize that one of the main reasons why this is on the list of lies is because it's the opposite of faith. You can't have fear and faith at the same time. If you have a fear of being alone, that means you don't have faith in God that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. So what we've got to do is at this point, we've got to talk about what the word says to do about fear. It's actually, you know, what do you do? I mean, pretty simple, right? You, you go to the Word. You go to the Bible. You want to cook a meal, well, you open up your cookbook. You want to figure out how to not be uh, have a fear of being alone, you go to the Word. Well, now, before we do that, I'm looking at, shout out to Cheryl. I see Cheryl listening, and she posted a classic scripture here from Romans 8.1. says, therefore, no condemnation now exists for those in Christ Jesus. That's amazing right there. Because we were talking earlier about guilt, shame, abandonment, hopelessness, worthless, you know, but mainly guilt and shame. I just want to touch on it since it's right there in front of my face right now. I didn't even have that on my list of things to talk about today, but there it is. God just showed me that, you know, because a lot of times we condemn ourselves. We feel like, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and put myself in jail. I'm going to go ahead and put myself in this self-imposed condemnation, but... You don't have to do that because it says those in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. The condemnation is for Jay-Z. The condemnation is for Rihanna and, and Beyonce and all those guys who, who you know who are passionate and think it's funny to make fun of Jesus Christ. But it says for those in Christ, there is no condemnation. Those making a mockery of Christ, oh, there'll be all the condemnation in the world. So that's that's crazy right there. I mean, people, I mean is it, it's not just crazy, Courtney, how... How bold people are, and do they, you think they realize what awaits them? Yeah, and it seems like it's just on a new level, on another level now. You know, whereas I'm saying, I mean, we know it's always been going on in the music industry and media, all that stuff. But it seems like it's like very like in your face at this point, and that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. In fact, I just have, I have a scripture right here ready for you guys. It says. Look, it says, God is jealous. <clears throat> we read this the other night. God is jealous, and the Lord revengeth. And the Lord revengeth. says it twice. That's, it, it's very interesting. It's not a typo. If you go to Nahum, verse, chapter 1, verse 2, it actually repeats itself. And I'm not sure I've ever seen 
a scripture repeated. I mean, I don't know. That's is that not is that new to you? Oh, I I have I have seen that before. Yeah, it's deep. You can only only any time that happens is when God wants a point to be made. <clears throat> I'm talking about like an extra point to be made. God is jealous, and the Lord revenges. The Lord revenge revengeth, and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. <clears throat> That's crazy right there, man. So I just want to share this stuff with you. This is not a you know, this is not pleasing to God. These these songs, these what we saw on CNN the last couple of days about abortion and gay rights and, you know, all this foolishness. It's not, you know, God isn't pleased with that. Everybody's rejoicing. You see the happiness in these people's eyes, smiling, making jokes. Hey, laugh now. But uh it's not it's not gonna work out so well for you. Let's um let's go back to the word in regards to fear. <clears throat> what does the Bible say about fear? Well, fear will cause you to settle for less than you want, and, uh, want or deserve. Well, what it says about fear here is that, and this is in Isaiah forty thirty one, says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run, and they shall not be weary, and they shall walk. And not faint. And I want to break this down a little bit because, again, we're talking about a fear of being alone. Well, or just fear in general, but specifically in regards to relationships and things like that. When you have a fear of being alone, it says all you have to do is wait on the Lord. You don't have to be weary. You don't have to be stressed out. You don't have to be lonely. It just says, look, if if you wait, it says those that do that, their strength shall be renewed. Meaning, you won't be weak and you will have energy. It says, in fact, you'll mount up with wings as eagles and you'll run, but you won't be tired. Well, who can, who can run and not be tired, Courtney? I mean, that, you know how it goes. I mean, you'd be tired with just walking up the steps, Courtney. I mean, keep it honest with the people, right? I mean, you, you'd be kind of out of breath just from going up, the, run up the, the block. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, so, but with God, you, I'm sorry, keep going. No, 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 go ahead. No, please. No, I was just saying, but, you know, when God, all things are possible. Even when you feel, um, you know, like you're at your weakest moment, it's like when you go to God, it's like he gives you all of that strength that you need. Like he really, really does. And I love that scripture. That's one of my favorites, too. You pulling out the good ones, like my favorite ones tonight. Yeah, yeah, these are classics right here. These are classics, man. These are, and they're honest, they're real. But it's like, yo, you can run and not even be tired. You can walk, but not faint. And so put the pieces together. Add, you know, one plus one equals two. It's like if you're afraid of being alone, if you try, all you got to do is wait on the Lord and trust the Lord. But, again, don't get too happy because a lot of, you know, we did that show, what was it, last week, last Monday, something like that, on what to do while waiting on the Lord. You know, remember that show? That that was a classic show right there. Classic show You understand like there are specific Things that women Specifically need to do To better themselves While they are waiting You know while they are in the midst Of waiting on their king But absolutely yeah definitely wait on the Lord He will renew your strength You grow those wings 
You know what I mean? And and, and that's just what, uh, what a great way to deal with fear. But there, there's there's tons more. Let's talk about. I got about fifty different scriptures here. Not fifty, but a lot of scriptures that specifically pertain to fear. What else? And I'm just going to run down. These are in no particular order. But the word says that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. That's crazy. That's an awesome verse right there. It says, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. And I want to talk about this scripture for a little bit because, you know, I like I said, I work with a lot of women, and one of the the main issues the common issues that i see on a daily basis is they have they have a not just a fear of being alone but a fear of being hurt okay and you know when we talk about why the wall is up we talk about where the guard comes from why the trust issues exist well the trust issues exist because you've been in, dealt with a man in the past who is not trustworthy he hurt you. If I'm walking down the street and I think I, me and Courtney are cool and I go to give her a hug, but as I give her a hug, she punches me in the face, well, the next time I go to see Courtney, I'm not going to go with my arms out. I'm probably going to have a guard up because Courtney has a mean right hook. You understand it? So <laughs> that's where the guard comes from. It comes from being done wrong at a, at a time when you felt as though you were going to be done right. So I'm about to I'm about to break something down for y'all real quick. I'm about to I'm about to destroy everything y'all ever thought was going on. A lot of people say and a lot of people think that they've been in love. Well, if you think back and like, yeah, I loved him but it didn't work out, well guess what? That wasn't love. Because it's if you're if if a situation can manifest itself and go awry so much so to the point where you are now fearful about a new situation because of that situation, well, then that tells you straight up that that situation was not love. Well, somebody's saying right now, well, what are you saying, Danon? All my exes have cheated on me. All of my men have been untrustworthy. I ain't dealt with nobody but the liars, dogs, and the cheaters in the place. That's why I'm listening to, to tonight's show. Well, what does that mean about their life, Courtney? That they are emotionally unavailable, and that's why they're attracting them. Well, I mean, yeah, that, but what I, mainly what it means is that they've never been in love, which is, gotcha. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A, a lot of people, but yeah, absolutely. You always, I mean, that's your your answer is 100% right. They are emotionally unavailable. we got to talk about where that emotional unavailability stems from, which and, and absolutely will cause them to attract the liars, the dogs, the cheaters. Absolutely. You know, but it it also means you have it you've never been in love. And that is for many a very, very, very sobering reality. Because at thirty years old, at thirty five years old, you're saying, Well, wait a minute, all these men have treated me in a certain way, all these situations have turned out a certain way. Well and so now as a result of those situations, I have a fear of being alone or a fear of being hurt. Well, you've got it. Well, it just says there's no fear in love, because perfect love casts out that fear. It says fear has to do with punishment, and if you really dissect this even further, you're pun- you've been punishing yourself, because bad relationships are like punishment. 
you are staying in them. You're punishing yourself a lot of times because you feel as though you are guilty. Well, what happens to people who are guilty? Well, they get punished. Well, there's no, God isn't punishing you because he doesn't play those games. You're playing those games with yourself, so you are punishing yourself. That's why it says, for fear has to do with punishment. The result of those bad relationships was fear, which is why it perpetuates the cycle of getting back into situations similar to those. And then just the cycle goes on and on. But it says, for whoever fears has not been perfected in love. A lot of y'all didn't think that scripture was that verse. Uh, excuse me, that verse was that deep. But it is. You know what I'm saying? First John, that's actually First John 4, verse 18. Steve Stuff, Courtney. You, you, I mean, you know, Courtney, you talk to women every day as well, just like I do. Most women that we, you and I both work with have never been in love. Oh, yeah. I, I say the majority um, of them haven't. And, you know, as a result, have that um, guard up. I actually spoke to someone today who has that, a similar situation, you know, never been in love and, you know, now has a guard up because of that. And, um, you know, something we're working together to get through. But it's something that I think a lot of women can relate to. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's deep and it's unfortunate. But, but the good news is this. Like I said, this is what we do. You know, Talbert Relationship Counseling is, is nothing new. We've been here for about 10 years, you know, working with, I mean, countless women uh, specifically to get deal with these issues. You know what I mean? Emotional unavailability is like is like a cancer. If left untreated, you won't have a, a a productive life. You've got to either remove the cancer or you've got to operate. You've got to do something to get rid of it. First, first you've got to identify it. You've got to identify where, in fact, the cancer is. And then, once you know where it is and what it is, you can figure out the best way to move forward. And that's what the free emotional availability assessment is for. If you want to set something up, definitely call toll-free anywhere in the world. You guys, I'm in Philly. I have an office here in Philly. I got this new office, but I don't have a lot of clients here in Philly. It's funny. International clients, London, England, um, Cali, Atlanta. Like, so I get to work from home a lot of times. So definitely, you know, I would like, you know, Philly people hit me up. Got some nice, I would like to meet with you guys face-to-face, but most of my people, you know, out of state, Chicago. Courtney's out there in Chicago. So uh, definitely reach out, though, anywhere in the world, anywhere in the country, 855-55-DADON or email DADON at trctoday.com. Let's talk about what else is going on in in regards to a fear of being alone or just, just fear in general. One of the things the Bible says here is that when I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God's, excuse me, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? And this is that's a powerful scripture from Psalms fifty six three four. And one of the things that I I've funny things I said this I came up with this years ago before I even was aware of this scripture. To be honest with you guys, I told women years ago that um, when you have when you trust God, you don't ever have to worry about not trusting a man. You know, I've been saying that for years. You know, and it just so happens that Psalms 56 basically says the same exact thing. Because it says, when you put your trust in in God, it says, whose word I praise in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. It says, what can flesh do me? What can man do to me? What can my boss do to me? 
You know what I mean? A lot of you guys are afraid to go to work because you don't want to be fired. You don't want your boss, you feel like they have power over you. You know, but it says here that, you know, what can flesh do to me? What can the world do to me? That's why people say, they, I got an email from a young woman today saying, wow, Daydon, I just want to thank you for having the courage to, to stand up for your beliefs. I said, <laughs> courage? I mean, this, this don't require courage. I mean, I guess it does to a certain extent, but this is nothing to me. I'm not afraid. This doesn't require, this isn't courage. This is just me being me, me being real, me being honest. I'm not afraid. I mean, courage for what? For what? Why should I be afraid of the psychos? Worldly people who are on their way to hell who might judge me because I'm passionate about someone who who's giving me all the money in my bank, giving me, giving me the house I live in, the car I drive, the family I have. That doesn't take courage. That's just common sense. These people can't do anything to me. I'm just I'm just saying. Corey, you ever think about that? There's a there was a uh, the funny thing is there was a time when I worried about what people think, but not anymore. What do you what do you think that comes from? Caring so many people caring about the world. You yourself struggle with that at one point as well. Yeah, because uh, that comes from really not um, having your faith in God and and looking to man. You know, for everything, you know, for affirmation and all the things that you should be looking to God for, you're depending on people to fulfill those needs for you. And that's when you will constantly have those problems. And that's why a lot of times we get caught up in our feelings and and our emotions because we're not looking at things from a divine viewpoint and, you know, not not being thankful for things and really just thanking God. And, you know, that's where that comes from. Absolutely. <laughs> I just thought of something. I thought of the psychos I'm looking at right now who who call into the show from a block number. They have that fear. They're operating under fear. I was with I uh my daughter and I go to she has this class over at the uh the little gym and uh, it's like a little, you know, gym for the kids. They do activities and things like that. Um in this class and so me and my daughter go there and um we after, there's an IHOP not too far from there, so we went over to IHOP for brunch, and uh, <laughs> I thought about the psychos. I thought about the psychos who listen in from block numbers and, you know, listen in silence, and you know, and the lurkers in the group and things like that, because I ordered for my daughter the, the Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity Jr. <laughs> for my daughter, <laughs> which is, I actually was cracking up in the in the IHOP, because I've never ordered it. I've always made the joke about it, but I've never actually ordered you know, if you guys are unfamiliar with the joke, it's been a running joke here on the on the show for years. You know, the the commercial, the old commercial where the people they were embarrassed to order that. I've never in my life ordered a Rudy Tootie Fresh. And I even laughed as I said it to the the waiter. You know, people bring out the the disguises so they don't have to be seen. You know, ordering this 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 ridiculous sounding meal. And so uh, that's is how these people are. They act like listening to the show is on that level. It's like yo. We're, we're talking about the Bible here. Like, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. You, you can, you don't have to block your number. It's okay. You know, you can hit share. Like, it won't be a big deal. It's cool. You know, <laughs> what's up with these people, Courtney? What's up with your peoples? I know. I the a lot of people are like that. Well, I was, I was like that too. I don't think I called from block numbers, but you know, I would pretend like I didn't listen to the show, didn't want to tell anybody I was listening to it, hiding in my room, you know, putting the headphones in, you know, because it's like you know you need help or you know you need this advice, but it's like you kind of want to front for a little bit. All right. I I want to talk about temptation. 
I want to talk about temptational because we, we we've talked about something. We didn't really keep it real like we're going to, to keep it real because we're going to talk about the, the the sex. We're going to talk about the porn. We're talking about the lust. You know, because you know, in regards to fear, though, uh, one one last thing I wanted to say. A couple last things I wanted to say about that. Uh, but it says, "Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I am your God." I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And so this scripture here, maybe more so than any, epitomizes exactly why we should not be afraid. He's telling you, look, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed. Because I am God, I and not just I am God, but I am your God, and I will take care of your needs. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I, like if you're if you're weak, you you know you have temptation, you have a fear of it. Whatever you have, look, he says I will, I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. Whatever it is, I'll hold you up. Like I'll lift you if you're weak. I'll lift you up with my one hand, you know, with righteousness. So and that's Isaiah forty one ten. And and it's just you know no matter how you slice it, guys. Fear is a lie straight from the pits of hell, and there are we could go on all day quoting scripture about fear. I have more than enough, believe me, you know. But we're gonna stop there for there. One, matter of fact, one more, one more. What the heck? It says, and everybody knows this one from Second Timothy one seven says, "For God gave us, <clears throat> God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power and love." In self-control You like that one, Courtney? Yeah, I was saying it to myself yes, Oh, you yes, know about I that love one? It. Yeah, yeah, almost all of them Yeah, I love that one Yo, the Bible is off the chain, man Like, it's just crazy It's, it, I'm telling you If you're not, a, there's there's something wrong And there was there was something wrong with me Because the back in the day I would try to read the Bible And it would look like gibberish I remember one time my my grandma, you know, when I was a kid, where she would like try to read me the Bible, and I would just like drift off and doze off and just wander off while she's sitting up there reading. She didn't even know I wandered off a lot of times. Just crazy stuff because it was it was boring to me, and even as an adult, it was boring. But that's only because I was not living for God. Once you start living for God, not only will it not be boring. But it will go from being boring to being literally the most exciting thing ever, the most interesting thing ever. You know what I mean? And so, and the most applicable thing ever. Because the Bible isn't just meant to read just for the heck of it. It's meant to be a guide to show you the the path that will lead you to not only righteousness uh, in heaven, but also through abundance and prosperity here on this earth and happiness. There's no reason that you have to be, you know, downtrodden and poor and, you know, unhappy and lonely and just, or in a bad marriage. I mean, why not just have everything you want? That You, you guys realize that's possible, right? I'm a living example of it. I'm a living testimony that when you delight yourself in the Lord, he gives you everything that you want. Not a care in the world, no fears, no stress. You know what I'm saying? But that's only because my my bank account's been negative. 
The only reason for that in retrospect was because I was doing stupid things and I was not living for God. So it's not in the negative anymore. Thank God for that. Thank God for getting that bread, Courtney, right? <laughs> you know yes, I mean? CBJ. <laughs> yeah. get, that, get that bread. Um, what else do we want to talk about this evening? Um, I'm looking here at, at temptation. You know, like I said earlier, we did a show. Matter of fact, we'll, we'll, let's talk about temptation uh, after we take a couple calls. We'll go to the lines. I see a call here from the uh, 352 area code. Welcome to the Data on Tober Show. Oh, beautiful, man. What's going on? This is a great, great topic. Just popped in, and um, something really touched my heart tonight. Um, and I've come to find out and realize that a lot of times, sometimes we can give up on other people, and a lot of times we can give up, give up on ourselves. And, um, and I'm speaking spiritually. And a lot of times we just have to continue to press on, continue to, continue to seek God, and we'll be able to, to solve those things and, and be able to reap the benefit of a great relationship with a person, friend, relationship, marriage, or just a great relationship with God. So that's really what was heavy on my heart. I just jumped in and caught the edge of this, but it's a really great topic, man. I, I appreciate it. Let everybody know where you're calling in from. Uh, Florida. This is my family. Oh, cool. Yeah, definitely. What's going on, man? Um, appreciate the call. Definitely, uh, man, when you get some time, go back, check out the archives. We've been killing it with, with knowledge, man, all night, just straight scripture throughout the uh, the course of the show. But definitely, man, appreciate the uh, the support. Um, looking here at uh, Temptation. And let's, I mean, let's just talk about it, man. Let's just talk and be honest with ourselves because, you know, Courtney, I know, everyone listening out here knows, even as sure as we are doing this show right now, you know, there are temptations going through all of us. You understand that everybody, you know, we don't have to get into detail about what those might be in, in you know, in everyone's specific lives, but we all face temptation, not just, you know, every once in a while, but on a daily basis, because the reality is, see, Jesus Christ is the only person without sin, ever. You know what I'm saying? So that means, and even he was tempted. So it's not, see, a lot of people, they, they you know, someone even asked me through counsel, and she was like, well, just I wanted to stop. Why can't the temptation just stop? When, are, when did the attack stop? I said, well, actually, unfortunately, they don't. The attacks don't stop. In fact, you know, as you get closer to God, the attacks will increase. The temptation will increase. But the good news is that the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians 10.13, says the good news is that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. It says that God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation... He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure that temptation. Isn't that just good news, Courtney? I mean, isn't that just pleasing to your ears? Doesn't that, like, make you smile knowing that there's always a way out? Oh, yeah, that that does. It does make me feel good. And, I, and I've experienced that, too, you know, having that temptation and God providing the way out. So, I, I you know, I can definitely uh, relate to that. Oh you oh you did? Let's let's talk what temptation? No, I'm just messing. 
<laughs> Why you thought we weren't going to talk about what the exact temptation was? Right. I'm no, saying. I'm just messing with you. Oh, okay. No, that's cool. We don't got. We can lead a temptation. But but <laughs> on a, from a, a general perspective, let's. I mean, let's talk about that. What are some common temptations out here? I mean, there are temptations to have sex. You know, mm-hmm. if you know, let's just talk about if you are dating. If you let's say you're single, but there's someone in your life who you like. You've got your eye on somebody. Let's be honest. And I'll tell you all something from a real perspective. You know. Men are very good at surveying women and determining, okay, what needs to be done to get in those panties? Because for many women, let's just be honest, many of you are not hoes. Some of you are, but many of you are not and respect. I'm just being real. Some of you really respect your bodies and say, hey, you know what, I'm not going to be out here having sex. I'm not going to be out here wilding out, but I'm going to just, you know, be celibate. And so over the course of, let's say your last relationship was a year, two years ago, two and a half years, well, you know, a lot of times the, te- the temptation in that period of time where there's no one in your life is to masturbate, you know, break out the, 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 the vibrator, the dildo, go in that bottom sock drawer, see what, see what toys, you know, uh, await. But... So there's one te- there's that temptation right there just to pleasure yourself because there's no one else. But then let there be you know when someone else comes into the picture, a lot of times the temptation is wow like I'm starting to feel a certain way I'm starting to feel a little tingly a little hot you know he's sexy I call that the breath of fresh air syndrome because what we as men do we we go ahead and, and we deal with women who we know have not been dealing with anybody for a long amount of time, and we as men know how to push those buttons. So we push those buttons, and next thing you know, yeah, you're not a hoe, but it's been so long, and you haven't been touched that way, in that way. You haven't kissed somebody in two, three years. It's like, oh, my gosh, first night, you got Love Jones. You got the Love Jones syndrome. It just goes <laughs> down. You're like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? I can't believe I did this. And in many cases, that's the case. Like, oh, I, I really don't normally do this. This is the first time I've done this in three years. But in other cases, that's just BS. So anything, anything you can relate to with that? That's funny. In other cases, it's just BS. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, That that's something I can definitely relate to. Um, just being a celibate for as long as I have, which has been five years, five and a half and um, just during that course of time, it's not like there haven't been, you know, men in the picture or men that I was attracted to. And, and, and I almost fell into that trap. I literally almost did. But, um, you know, God provided a way out for me, and luckily I took it. But um, I, I can definitely re- relate to that. So although I overcame that temptation, I did succumb to um, masturbation and pornography because I, I fooled myself into thinking that it wasn't a big deal because I wasn't having sex with anyone. So it's not that bad. And that's what a lot of people think, but it's still a sin. Yeah, it's it's the, the thing about it a lot of time is it's not so much the sin itself that is so bad, but... It's the effect of that sin Because sin Any form of sin is something that Separates you from God So if you're being separated from God Then yeah okay you tell a little white lie You know you do a little masturbation Okay I mean whatever it's not the end of the world But what's worse is that You have now separated yourself 
you don't feel like praying, you don't feel like going to church because you don't feel like you, you don't feel that closeness. So the result and the effect of the sin is going to be you know much more worse than the sin itself. So think about that. It's the, it's the effects that it has on you. Um, <clears throat> what other uh, temptations are out there? Let's talk about the fellas, man. You know, fellas, you know how it is, man. A lot of times there's there's the temptation to uh, to revert back to it. And, you know, a lot of the men have shared things, whether it's James and Marv and Lewis. I mean, these guys have all, all myself, we've all shared various temptations just when we were in that, uh, you know, that single these guys are single, but even when I was single, it was just like that temptation to wild out, to go to the club, to 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 um, indulge in the the pleasures of the world because they are, you know, great. They are vast, you know, and so it, that can be tough. And there's always going to be that little um, voice, though, saying, okay, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Sometimes, I'll be honest, I've heard that voice and said, you know what, yeah, I'm going to chill. But other times I said, you know what, shut up, voice. I'm going to go ahead and do what I'm going to do. And then at that point you've got to deal with the consequences. You know, in fact, here's another scripture that speaks directly to temptation. It says, when you hear that voice, don't ignore it, but submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist that voice or resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, that's in James 4, 7. You know, and that's, it's, it's actually very simple. All you have to do is submit yourselves, be obedient to God, be obedient to his word, resist the devil. But really what it means, though, there is that to resist the world. It's, it's resist the world, resist the temptations of the world, and, you know, resist that, 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 that uh, what do, how do I want to put this, that Buffy the Body super donkey booty. You know what I mean? Resist. The woman who's calling you up, texting you, talking about some dag. When you gonna let me spend some time with you? When you coming to see me? See a lot of see a lot, what a lot of women don't realize is a very common misconception about men is that these men are like these super sex-starved beings that just are on the uh, perpetual search for sex. Which I don't realize, ladies. Nobody's searching for anything. Okay, we are having it thrown at us twenty-four-seven. You know how many women I've had in my life say, text I used to play, like, I would avoid these women like the plague. They'd be calling me up. I'd be like, yo, I thought I said I was going to call you back. They're like, no, nah, I'm just trying to see you. I'm just trying to spend some time with you. How come you never got so no time for me? I know you got off work at 3 o'clock. You work at the bank. Like, okay, so you, now you don't buy. Like, what are you, psycho? You know what I'm saying? But that's that's what that was my, I used to go to work. And I tell you guys this all the time. I used to go to work, come home, chill. And literally play video games and relax and just sit there and watch my phone ring right on my my reclining chair armrest. Like, they, it just vibrate. Oh, who's that? Oh, I ain't calling her back. Let me text her back. It's like they was calling repeatedly all throughout. Like, as they know, like, all right, he's off work. So I'm just trying to tell you, it's not just you who has to resist the temptation. It's us as well, ladies. It's us. Did you know that, Courtney? Were you aware of it, that men face the same types of sexual temptation? It's funny. Most women, they think of the man being the tempter, but mm-hmm. in reality, we are the temptee. Yeah. I mean, to answer that question, like now, 
in the place that I am now and just having that, you know, great relationship with God, yeah, I see it from that perspective now. But before, yeah, I didn't think that guys really dealt with temptation. I thought they always succumbed to it. They never, ever, I used to think men didn't have a conscience. It's like they kind of just did whatever and didn't really struggle with anything. But um, now I understand that you all do, especially, you know, Christian men that are living for God and living for Jesus Christ, you know, they'll feel that conviction. So, um, yeah, that's what I think. That conviction is crazy. That conviction is off the chain, man. I'm telling you, man, it's like, you know, you, you and it, I'll tell you a couple from a couple of different perspectives. The temptation itself is crazy, but picture it. We are tempted. You guys only see it from your side. You're you're thinking, okay, this guy is calling me up. He's texting me. He's trying to take me out. He's trying to get in my pants. I'm, you know, I'm tempted by him, but I really want to be in a relationship with him. I'm hoping this materializes into something significant. I want this to go towards love. Yes, I'm tempted to have sex, but I want love. So he's tempted just to smash. So. You know, you want love, and because the media and because society and these these fake relationship experts, they want to tell you that in order to get a man to love you and to seek a relationship with you, you have to be a, a lady in the streets and a freak in the sheets. So these men end up benefiting from you being naive about what we actually look for in a wife or in a girlfriend. So what ends up happening is you give in to the temptation to have sex with us, but more so you, you give in to your desire for love and you think erroneously that the sex is going to help you get to that point. That's it on your end. But on our end, we are thinking, dang, I know I don't really want to have sex with this woman. I know that deep down I'm looking for a wife and I want a special wife, but if I have sex with this woman, I know for a fact I'm no longer going to you know want anything with her. But And obviously it's, it's a sin, but... You know, that booty is fat, so I'm going to go ahead and smash it off anyway. And that's how it goes. And so we both, the male and the female in the situation, they 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 are now out of the will of God. They are now feeling the conviction of sin. But what you don't realize is that even though you both gave in to the temptation, the result will be different for both. You're saying, okay, dag, I'm convicted but at least now this is I gave him what he want what he wants, I put it on him, I backed it up onto him, so at least now he's happily he's happy sexually, so he'll go ahead and wife me up. He's convicted with the sin, but he's thinking, I'm pissed off that God is pissed at me, and I'm even more pissed at you for making me fall out of the will of God, so I don't want anything to do with you. I don't even want to have sex with you again, let alone take you out, get into a relationship, anything like that. And so now, because sin is, is, or excuse me, fornication is the ultimate sin, it's like we are now on two totally different playing fields. You're thinking, oh, my gosh, I feel so close to you, so now I'm gonna, we're going to be together. He's thinking, how can I get my number out of, or your number out of my phone without you realizing that I deleted you because I don't want to seem like a, a bastard? Is that anything you can relate to? From I know it's a lot and it's complicated, but how I just explain it is exactly how it goes down from both perspectives, from the female and the male perspective. What are your thoughts on that, Courtney? It's definitely deep. 
Um, yeah, I, I can relate. I can relate to most of it. And um, the reason I say most is because, you know, my situations that I've had with men went a little bit differently. And just in the sense that, um, of course, yeah, the man after sex wasn't feeling me. And, and with me after sex, I was feeling closer and wanted to call them and stuff all of the time and, you know, felt that closeness. And I, I thought he felt the same way. But what um, some, some men will do, because um, on one hand you have men that will just cut the woman off completely after sex, but then uh, other times men will still stay in the picture and still string the woman along for a long period of time, giving her the impression that is going to materialize into something and will continue to have sex with her more than once, multiple times. And and that's when it, it really gets, um, you know, bad for the woman because she's really thinking at that point, okay, this is definitely going to be a relationship because we slept together and he's, we're still sleeping together. You know, he didn't, he didn't leave me. So since he didn't leave, that means he's going to be my boyfriend and eventually he'll be my husband. So that's what happens a lot of times. And, and that's a really bad situation when the woman, woman finally finds out that it isn't going anywhere. A lot of times it's, it's late, you know, real late in the game. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, one thing I'll tell you is that a lot of women think that, oh, now he's not feeling me all of a sudden after sex. No, it's not that he's not feeling you after sex. He he wasn't feeling you before the sex. That's what a lot of women don't realize because if he, not just if he was feeling you before sex, but if he actually had feelings for you before the sex, he most likely may have stuck around after the sex. But that's because you opened your legs before he opened his heart. And that's the problem. A lot of women are thinking that these men have feelings before sex, which is why they give it up. But these men, they, you know, half the time they're not even worried about them. So it's definitely an unpleasant cycle, but it all starts from what we're talking about right now, which is that temptation, which is sent by the enemy to bring about this state of confusion. Now, if you guys have been tuning in the whole time, you already know about confusion, because that's how it starts. You get into the after, after the sex period, there's nothing but confusion. You have no idea what's going on. You have no idea where you stand. You have no idea where it's going. Well, that's why it's it's an attack from the enemy, and it shouldn't have happened to begin with. Right? Again, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And that's uh, James 4, 7. I'm about to, about to throw this up on Facebook. That's definitely another good one. Um couple more, and then I want to get out of here. Like I said, man, we're not going to be here to no midnight tonight, man. Courtney be trying to have me up all night talking to y'all, man. I'm trying to relax. <laughs> Don't blame me. <laughs> hey, I mean, let's talk about one couple more. Um, it says here in Hebrews 2.8, in regards to temptation, it says, For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. And that's another good one because a lot of times we we look at God as this this being as opposed to looking at him as a friend. And he is a friend. You know, the friend really is the is you know, that's really how he is. He's a father, but he's also a friend. You know, a friend who is able to be there to talk to and uh ask questions to and, and be counseled and um all those things. So definitely he can relate though. Is what I guess what my point is. He's been tempted, and it says he himself has suffered when when tempted. Therefore, he's able to help those who are who are being tempted. One more that I wanted to touch on, which is a, which is a classic. That definitely is a classic. But 
and this is really where we talk about sex and get a little bit deeper into it, but the Bible says to flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, but in fact you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And this is the last, I want to end with this one because there's so much to talk about with this particular scripture. And we talked earlier about how the body is not ours. It is actually, it belongs to God. It is a temple of God that is just on loan to us to live in while we're here on this earth. So therefore, we have to treat it for with, with respect. So when you're letting five men ravage you, you know, it's not really the type of thing that is, that God is going to be pleased with. A lot of people say, oh, damn, what kind of women you be dealing with? What are you talking about? Five dudes. I'm just saying, this is this stuff happens out here. I've told personal stories about those exact situations. You know, they're like, oh, well, what, post that nigga. What show is that on? You know what I mean? Don't worry about that. You just, you just, You just focus on this. If you missed it, you missed it. You know? Courtney, what do you think about that scripture? Oh man, it's that that is such a a powerful scripture. It really is. And and that's something that helped me too. Um, you know, free myself from masturbation. I think that's a really good one. Um, you know, to meditate on just really valuing um yourself and your body because you realize it's, it's not yours, you know, and just really respecting it and God will always honor that commitment. Um, you know, to celibacy and just really respecting yourself. So I love that one. That's it. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, can we talk more about this stuff? You know, we're we're seeing more and more, um, you know, body art, tattoos, piercings, mm-hmm. you know, just all types of ridiculous stuff. And on one hand, obviously those things are not sexy. Okay, guys, Google tattoos on the Dayton Tolbert show. Listen to the show we did a couple years ago, several years ago, actually, on tattoos and how men feel about them. They devalue you, not just biblically, because that's obviously it says it defiles the body, meaning lowers the value. It's the same thing in regards to men. Like, you, you become, I'm just being honest with you. I'm not, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but it does take away from your value as a woman. It takes away from your beauty. There's no tattoo out there that makes you prettier or more appealing than you were without that tattoo. Some tattoos are worse than others. Some tattoos are better than others. However, all tattoos are worse than no tattoos. Just saying. That's, I mean, you ask any man. There's not a man out here who would prefer his future wife to have a tattoo. Will he marry you with a tattoo? I mean, probably depending on where it is, depending on how noticeable or how, you know, extra it is. But, I mean, yeah, probably. I'm not going to say he won't marry you, but ask that same man if he would prefer you to not have it. I can guarantee you the answer to that question would be yes. Ask me how many tattoos my wife has. You don't need to. None. So that's just really, I mean, but it is what it is. I just want to, you know, biblically, 
we're talking about defiling the body. You know, your bodies are not ours to even mark up like that. You know, it is what it is. Do I have a tattoo? I do. I told you guys, you know, it is what it is. Would I have gotten it, you know, now, knowing what I know now, you know? No, I wouldn't. But I got it freshman year, 18 years old, stupid. Everybody was going to this one guy getting tattoos. Oh, yeah, let's go get a tattoo. You know, not even thinking. So I'm just saying, it's not something that is, uh, you know, men to. It's just stupid. Tattoos are just dumb. Uh, What else, though? I mean, I I don't know, Courtney. I mean, uh, nipples. You know what I'm saying? What's up with the nipple piercings? You know, I guess, why do so many women get, you know, succumb to that temptation to get the get those nipples pierced? What's that all about? Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to front for a second, but I was like, why? Because I don't front at all. I had one. I had both of them pierced, actually. And, um, you know, because I didn't do the tattoo thing, but I thought that piercings were sexy, and I thought that's what, you know, men would like and, you know, that would make him, you know, wife me up. And so that's why I did it. And um, it's, it's not cute. It's not cute at all. It's so very unattractive. You know, don't think, oh, I'm better, you know, I because I have a piercing and I'm not tatted up. The end result is, you know, the same. It's still not ladylike and it it takes away from your respectability. Um, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the problem with it. I think that, you know, when we talk about the great personality, the high level of respectability, emotional availability, things like that, I mean a lot of times people forget what we mean when we talk about the respectability. You know, it's it's kinda hard to, you know, see you know, the the, the piercings protruding through your, your blouse and like, Oh yeah, that's you know, let me bring her home to mom so my mom can smack me upside my head when I go to help her with, with you know, serve dinner. Like, what the heck you bring her in here for? You know, what I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, guys. That's you want to take those out. Nobody finds that. I mean, to be real with y'all, and this is just the realness coming out. I don't even know too many men who, even if they are in a, a sinful sexual state of being, that even really find that sexy. I mean, that's not. It's like annoying. It's just stupid. It's in the way. So anyway, let's you know, I'm just being honest. So take those out, takes away from the respectability, it takes away from uh just being viewed by God as being um something he would be pleased with. What other temptations? Are we forgetting anything, Courtney? Any other temptations that are pretty common to man as the Bible refers to it as? Um, I would say one thing we haven't um, discussed would be alcohol, I think, as a temptation um, in the sense that drinking to the point that you are drunk um, because a lot of times you'll, you know, find yourself in a situation and, um, you know, that may make you upset or whatever, and instead of going to God and just talking to God about it and praying about it, the devil will get in your ear and say, well, you know, just, just drink this and, you know, get drunk and feel that temporary pleasure. That'll make you feel better. And and actually, he won't even say it's temporary. He'll say it'll take all your problems away. That's the funny part. And um, so a lot of people will give into that and drink and hoping that after that, you know, they won't ever have to deal with that problem. But when they wake up the next morning with that hangover and the problem is still there, they realize that they've been lied to. And that's something mm-hmm. I can relate to. I think we all can. 
You know, I know back in the day, we used to wild out on the road trips, drinking and driving, getting to the party drunk, wilding out, you know, driving back, sleep and drunk. You know what I'm saying? For God, you know, carried us over those highways, man. I should be dead on the road somewhere, man. Seriously, all jokes aside, I mean, it's amazing some of the situations I've made it out of when I was in my sinful ways. I remember one time in particular, we still got to do that testimony show. We That show we tried to do, the devil, talking about attacks from the devil. The devil totally, you know, we did a whole two-hour show, Courtney and I, on testimonies, giving thanks for things that God has done for us in our lives. And the devil messed up the show to the point where nobody could even hear us. We weren't even broadcasting on the air. Just like we're, as sure as we're doing a show now, we did a whole show on testimonies, and, and nobody heard it. So, um, But I guess what my point is, one story that I told on that show, I remember, was uh, went to this after-hours party. I went to a party, wild out, at, wild out at the party. The party wasn't over until like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Went to an after-party, this reggae spot, probably in the worst part of West Philly, like after-hours club, like, you know, West Philly, if you know anything about Philly, is at this point probably one of the worst parts of Philly, at you know, right now. And uh, just horrible, you know, maybe five in the morning, one of those hole-in-the-wall spots, reggae club. All of a sudden, I'm damn dancing with somebody in the corner. Next thing you know, fight breaks out. You know, lights come on, people fighting. Next thing somebody here, somebody says, oh, get down, he's got a gun. They're like, oh, shoot, everybody, like, gets down. And, man, it's like craziness. You know what I mean? Just And it was, honestly, it was just the grace of God that gunshots didn't go off at that point because, it was a type of situation I was, like, expecting to hear gunshots because it was like you saw the people fight. You, you, I didn't see the gun, but somebody was like, yo, he's got a gun. Like So these are situations that could have gone totally the opposite way. One other story I'll tell you that a lot of people don't realize, a lot of people are familiar with Little Kim and, and Foxy, well, you know, and how they have beef and things like that. Well, back in the day when I was in college, this was my freshman year, and my ex-girlfriend and I, we're at this club in Philly. It was called Gotham. If you're from Philly, you probably remember Gotham from back in the day. Anyway, uh, crowded, totally crowded. Foxy and Little Kim were cool back then. They were both performing, you know, supposed to be you know, putting on a show uh, at that time. Long story short, my ex-girlfriend and I were chilling, standing room only. Foxy comes out on No, no I'm sorry, Little Kim comes out on stage, totally see-through outfit, you know what I mean? Crotch exposed, nipples exposed. Like to- the outfit was see-through. You know what I mean? Comes out of stage talking about something. Want to bummer with the B? Huh? Like all this stuff. Next thing you know, this dude jumps up on stage. I guess he tried to touch her, her, her booty. The, the bouncer was like, "Yo, get down." Long story short, he got back up there. Bouncer punches him. He falls back into the crowd. They catch him. He's like, "Oh man, you know, I'll be back. I'll be back." He goes outside, gets his gun, comes back, shoots up the whole spot. It's like a whole. Brawl, chairs are flying. My ex girlfriend, she's not even from that, that city. We like dove over the bar, hiding behind the bar with the bartender. Like, yo, what's going on? So they're like shooting. They're, the bottle, the uh, bar stools are fine, tables are fine. Total commotion. Made it out of there by nothing but the grace of God. Can you believe these stories? These are real life stories that I've actually experienced that, you know, could have been out of here. You know what I mean? Didn't even have to make it out of there alive. Yeah, that's. That's amazing. That's amazing how God has you covered, really. Oh man, don't get me started. We'll be here. We really will be here till midnight. Me talking about that's nothing. 
You know, I mean, these these stories. I listen. I mean, my first apartment was after, like, after I moved out of my mom's house. After I graduated, I was there. For, I moved back for a very very short amount of time, only a couple months, and, and got my own place. And um, but I didn't have a lot of money at the time, so the only place I could afford was a place in the hood. You know how them places in the hood be. You know, you get an apartment for like mm-hmm. at that time it was like four fifty a month, but it was, it was a nice place. It was. You know, it was renovated, but the the neighborhood was, like, the absolute worst part, uh, one of the worst parts of Philly at the time. So um, I was, like, in the middle of the hood. I can't believe why I would ever do that in retrospect. But um, my landlord, it was funny. I worked this, real quick, I, I worked this job, and it was funny because I don't remember having any days off, Okay. Not one day. I was like, I went to work every day. That was a job I was telling you all about the other night where I worked my way all the way up to, like, practically running the spot. I was there all day, every day, right? The one day where I didn't work, okay, and I slept in, I just was in the crib all day. I didn't go out anywhere. I go out later on to go get some food, maybe like 3, 4, or 5 o'clock. The whole block is taped. My block right in front of my crib is taped up. My maintenance man, the guy who was just fixing the lock on my door, doing all the handiwork, there was a leak, he was the guy you called, get shot five times right outside the freaking door around the time that I would have most likely been going to work or, or most likely maybe coming back home from work. Is that not crazy? Wow. Wow, that's crazy. And he, I mean, luckily for him, he, he survived. But, you know, I'm just saying, and I, like I said, I can... Listen, if anybody asks me or is wondering why, I don't talk a lot about this stuff, and I'll share more stories. I, I have, I've been in car accidents. Car was told, I'll t- I mean, I'll tell this story right now, but I'll tell you one more story, and then we'll get out of here. I remember one time, right, I was up at school. I was with my frat brother, and I was about to buy this car. I got a refund check, so I got this refund check. I was like, I'm going to go buy a car with this refund check, a couple thousand dollars. Actually, several thousand dollars. I was about to go buy this car. But I went to go buy this car. I was like, yo, I'm not sure if I want to buy it. Yo, take this ride with me real quick to go see see this car. You tell me what you think. I'm thinking about buying it. So he's like, all right, cool. We take this ride out a couple of miles up the road as this uh, Jeep Cherokee. Now, I really liked it. You know, I was going to get a good deal on it. I was like, yo, I was driving it, test driving it, and he rode it with me. At test drove it with me, and he was like, yo, this is a nice car. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get this. So I made up my mind right that moment. I'm like, all right, cool, let's turn around. So I decided to turn around, and for some reason, I was an idiot. This was totally my fault, um, well, partly my fault, mostly my fault, but partially this other guy's fault. But the mirror, for whatever reason, wasn't adjusted, and it was, like, broke. I could have adjusted it manually. I was like, the heck, I don't need it. I'll be all right. I'm just driving up the road. I was trying to turn around, and because I couldn't really see properly and didn't take the time, I was, and it was like a, a road that was very infrequently traveled so i didn't think it would be a big deal long story short i'm making a left turn from the the right lane thinking it was like it was like a a gravel road like nobody was supposed to go on the road like i i'm telling y'all this in this way because now in retrospect the devil really tried to kill me because there was really no cars on the road like i look i'm not an idiot i don't just make you know, left-hand turns from the right lane, when their cars even anywhere in the vicinity. I'm making the turn because there were no cars anywhere around. At the very last second, I see this car literally come out of nowhere. 
You know, I'm, I'm being real with y'all. Like, the car came out of nowhere. It was no cars around um, that I saw, obviously. I make this turn, and at the very, the last possible second, I see this car in, like, my peripheral vision, and, like, something told me, like, it was all instinct. I leap like Spider-Man, like, I did, like, a Courtney, like, a Spider-Man type of thing <laughs> on the onto the lap of my frat brother in the passenger seat. Like, as I'm driving, as the car is turning, because I'm like, whoa, the car was sandwiched. I'm like, imagine me on his lap and the and the driver's side all the way over in the middle of the car. That's how smashed oh, up the wow. car was. You know what I'm saying? And we're sitting up there. I'm, like, on his lap. Like, uh, yo, you cool? And we both were cool. Like, we both were. The car was totally smashed in the middle of the road. So what I'm saying is these are situations that God has clearly spared me in. And so when you, you know, people ask me, like, yo, why do you do this? Or why are you so passionate? Or why do you help women so much? And why do you try to give back? Like, the, I have no choice. These, I have an obligation. You know what I'm saying? I'm required. This is he has done so much for me. I have no choice but to give back, and you have no choice but to give back, Courtney. You guys listening at home, you guys from the block numbers, you have no choice but to give back because as sure as I have those testimonies, you guys have your own testimonies, and God has blessed you not just to bless you, but to bless you to bless others. So that's it, man. That's our show for tonight on the devil. That's you talking about how to overcome temptations of the devil. How to overcome the attacks of the devil You become passionate about Jesus Christ Because Jesus Christ is the only person Who can combat the devil We can't fight the devil We have no power over the devil But Jesus does And we have power through Christ But without Christ We have no power You know what I'm saying, Courtney? What, what, uh, what last thoughts do you have on tonight's show? Um, What I'll say is just that Um you know, whenever you are feeling, you know, attacked from the devil, you know, don't respond in the flesh, you know, don't act off of, you know, emotions. Automatically, you know, if you're able to, you know, break out, you know, your Bible and read some scriptures. I even have scriptures on, on a Bible app on my phone, so I'll always have the word on me. And so, you know, right in that moment, just, you know, find a scripture and pray to God to reveal something to you. And you will notice a total and complete difference when you do that. And and God always delivers and he will always come through. So that is um, definitely my advice. And, um, and also, you know, if the stuff, the things that we discuss, if you feel that, you know, you can relate to and you feel that there are some things that, you know, you may be struggling with and you're looking to speak to someone who can offer a female perspective, um, you know, that's where I come in. So I definitely can help you out with that. So you can reach me by calling 855-55-DAY-DON or um, you can email me at Courtney at TRCToday.com. That's what's up, Courtney. As always, good job tonight. Good to have you here. Thank you all for listening in. We're gonna. I'm taking another little mini vacation with my lovely wife this weekend, so I'm gonna be going. You know, MIA. You know what I mean? A uh, little hotel stay, weekend rendezvous. You know what I mean? Uh, Pre Fourth of July type of getaway. So we will be doing some classic rebroadcast tomorrow. Saturday and Sunday. I'm telling you, if, it's, if you haven't heard these shows, definitely, I'm telling you, you don't want to miss any shows. We only rebroadcast the best shows of all time, so definitely um, 
you know, check them out. And as Courtney said, if you if you need help, you you know, you can relate to what we're talking about tonight. We a lot of this stuff we cover privately and and and, and um tailor it to your specific situation, your you what you're going through at home. So definitely reach out, Dayton at trctoday.com. And um that's it guys. I appreciate the love. Follow me on Twitter, follow me on Facebook, add yourselves to these groups, participate. That's what brings about the change. You know how I like to play these songs at the end. I thought about what I wanted to play, and Kirk Franklin, he has a, um, a song that got me through some, some very tough times in my life um, that were, um, you know, just tough, and this hopefully it can be a blessing to you guys. So thank you for listening, and I'll see you all tomorrow night. Yeah, I have. Into-